I know we we did the podcast so late. You went out after the podcast last night. Yeah, by the time I got there, it was the like posted closing time of the party, but the party was not closing anytime soon. So I stayed there for like four hours. Was that the Heber and Mars party? Yeah, but it it just um, I mean I think it was I I don't really know. I think it was more exclusively CrossFit people, and then it kind of bled into just a normal night in Vegas type thing. Gotcha. You spend a lot of money. Yeah. Did I earn money? Excuse me. Did you spend money? Oh, hold on. Noah just text. Let's see what he's saying. Oh, he sent a heart on the link. I spent no money and I gambled no money. Oh, good job. No money on drinks or anything like that? No, um, a couple of different groups of people had, uh, I th- actually, I think someone from Noah's gym might have like won a huge gambling night the night before. And so they had some bottles and stuff and I was hanging out with them. The secret is always have a drink in hand, but drink it very slowly. Did did you end up in someone's room? No, just my own. Did you see Noah at the party? Yes, I did. Do you, was he drunk? No. We got there around the same time, and I, I'm pretty sure he was still there when I left. Oh, shit. Yeah, he was, I mean, there were a lot of people from Training Think Tank uh, out there for the like, competing, and obviously they had a bunch of people come to watch them compete. So they had a big group, so I think they were just having a good time. He said he wanted to keep this uh, podcast brief. What do you think he meant by brief? Why the fuck is my Siri on? Okay, go on. <laughs> brief? Um, How long do you think I that don't means? Know. I mean, is that he... 10 minutes or is that 30 minutes or is that an hour? I have no idea. We'll just go with it. Or is it going to be like, oh, or is it going to be like most people once he starts talking to me, he's just going to want me to come over and spend the night at his house. Is that is that what happens? Always, you know. I was um, there was an evolution in our in our friendship today. I was kind of tripping. There's this point you get in a friendship with people where you're talking to them on the phone, and it's just can be just quiet for like thirty seconds or a minute, and it's not awkward. Like like we're just hanging out. You're doing your shit. I'm doing my shit. Then we talk. We're on the phone, and then maybe I'm driving or or you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or like I'll walk into a store, you'll hear me talking to the guy, or you're like in an airport and you're going to the metal detector and I just wait. It's weird. It's cool. Cheers to the the evolution of our friendship. It's forced to happen at different rates depending on what you're doing. Like driving in a car comes to mind. Like if you take a road trip with someone, the first hour, two hours, three hours, you always feel like you have to talk. But by the second half of the day, you're just riding along in silence. Yeah, you kind of crack the, what is that? Just comfortability, or is that too generic of a term? I think I don't think so. I think that yeah, you just get comfortable. Look at look at your upload numbers again. It says, "Oh, that's scaring scaring me a little bit." Gentlemen, 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 Mister Olson. <laughs> hey, what Noah. The heck is going on? What time is it where you're at? Yes. Is it 10 p.m.? It is. I'm usually not this tired at 10 p.m., but uh, last night in Vegas, you know? Oh, I just asked Brian if you were getting crazy. He said no. He said you were chill. Brian, I appreciate you uh, having my back there and lying for me. <laughs> no, no. We're, you can be out late and not be getting crazy. I guess that's true. Yeah. I mean, we were getting crazy in uh, the sense that we were like dancing and having fun and staying out late, but not crazy in the sense that I think... People probably associate with Vegas. That's right. 
No, I don't think I've talked to you in three years. It's been a good three years, to be honest. Yeah, maybe since like 2018. I've missed you. Yeah. There have been times where I've thought about you. Yeah, I've definitely thought about you too. I thought about you a lot this weekend. Did you? Yeah. Thanks, man. It was cool that the camera finally found you. for for uh, After watching the first and second event, I wasn't sure if you were even there. They even cracked the joke. The commentators, I think in the first event, like at, or the second event, like at the eight-minute mark, the camera panned to you. And Tommy made a joke. Oh, yeah, Noah Olson's here. Like, I mean, he knew it was abs- – he, he was acknowledging that it was a fucking absurd that they hadn't been on your jock. I mean, like, it, they should be watching you, like, getting changed in the back instead of, like, having that – instead of, like, having My that, like – was there. He had all access, locker room and everything. Who did? My camera guy. Oh, and that was one of my questions. Do you have a camera guy? I do, yeah. A, a full-time guy? Joseph Yates. He's about as full time as it gets for something like this. Like he'll come and film me um, here in Alpharetta, Georgia, where I've been training like once or twice a week. And then he came out and was there for the entire week of the event. So it's been awesome. How did you meet him? We got connected through a brand photo shoot a couple of years ago. And uh, I reached out to him recently when I was coming up here to train. And it's been awesome. He puts out amazing content he's a good guy we get along really well so no how did gym shark thing come about because all the girls at my gym were gym shark but i hardly ever see any guys wearing it yeah man we're uh, i'm trying to change that it was uh, a surprise to me probably as much as it may have been to you guys um i had my partnership that i was with prior expire at the end of last year and so we were exploring some new options and a friend, like kind of a, a mutual friend who was sponsored by Gymshark, not in the CrossFit space at all. His name is Devin Levesque. He's kind of like a, I don't even know how to describe him. He just does these awesome, crazy physical feats. He like bear called a marathon and does backflips mm. and crazy stuff. Um, but anyway, he is a Gymshark athlete. He said, hey, let me connect you to those guys. I think it's worth a conversation. And I was like, ah, yeah, I mean... May as well. But as soon as we got connected with them, we hit it off and it just seemed like a really great fit. And so far, so good, man. I'm really happy with them. What is it? It's a, it's a clothing line? Yep. Yeah. They're, they're just like your, any other major athletic clothing brand. Um, they're a young company. I think they've only been around for like five to seven years, but they've grown tremendously. They just got valued at like $1.7 billion. Holy um, smokes. I'm telling you, all the girls at the gym I coach at in the past like six months, it's just been Gymshark, Gymshark, all, yeah. like all new apparel. So that's kind of, they were in like the Globo Gym bodybuilder space primarily for a long time. And now they're trying to make pushes into other like professional sports. And so I believe that I'm the first um, official like contracted athlete in our space, in the CrossFit space. And uh, I don't know. I, I hope to see a little avalanche of people being able to wear their stuff. It's really, really good stuff. I'm obviously I'm sponsored, so I'm supposed to say all of this, but I truly do love the quality of all this stuff, the design, and the price point is really low. It's like this T-shirt, super stretchy, kind of like you you could relate it to another brand. I won't say the other brand name, but um, really nice, high quality T-shirt. It's like twenty dollars, twenty five dollars. So. Could you stand up for a second a little bit? I want to see how that hangs on your midline because those kind of shirts usually show that it, like make me look like I have a gut. You just want to see my butt, don't you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I could never wear that. Look at I mean that that wraps around your 
37 pack and that would wrap around my my what my well, yeah my my gut I, that, I am wearing a uh, size large and this t-shirt is meant to be that fit but they have a lot of other fits and sizes that I think might be appropriate for a gentleman of your stature thank you thank you my stature it's beautiful by the way uh, what say that again it's a beautiful stature that you have. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I just wanted to hear you say it twice. When I type in your when I type in Noah into Instagram, I just I just go N O A and then it's like you. You're the third Noah Olson on Instagram that pops up. The third one. Who are the other two? Uh, I don't know. I didn't even look at them. I just know yeah. your like avatar. I recognized it. But it's a it's it it, it uh it that touches me dearly because I've been shadow banned. And so, like, you got to like type out like I mean, and no one knows how to spell like if you were shadow banned, it would be it would be easier. Shadow ban means is like when you're like when you're against racism and you're against uh, sexism and you're against sexualizing kids and you speak about it openly and Instagram yeah. doesn't like that they uh, they they're like nah nah you can't or, or like basically it means like even though he's someone that I regularly interact with if I type in S E V nothing comes up oh that yeah I have, if you I have type to go all the way to S E V A N M A T O S S before I finally see him interesting. Yeah, or if you post anything off the CDC website, like what the government posts, if you repost it, they don't like that either. They don't like third grade math. But anyway, another subject. You like getting a say on the internet. Yes. Hey, I, no, I, you, has the show begun? Is this it? Are we in the... Oh, We started before you were Oh, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, uh, let me tell you how many, we're nine minutes in and we're 327 megabytes in. Can I do two things real quick that will necessitate my leaving the frame oh absolutely this is your show one, noah we're just one is uh, flipping my chicken sausages in the pan please and the other i'm gonna try turning this light on to see if that makes me look whenever anyone leaves brian gets nervous because i just attack brian the whole time nice. I actually got a i got a dm today that someone told me that i handle your your jabs well you handle them very well you're like water and the wind hey you could rock that shirt I've I've uh, always I've kind of always wondered why I've never seen men with it. Yeah, you could rock that shirt. The chicks I who wear it. the Gymshark shit um, in the search, like if you hit search on my uh, Instagram, for some reason a ton of hot chicks pop up, and always at least one or two of them are wearing Gymshark. The algorithm does not understand me at all, but for some reason I have to sift through all those beautiful women wearing Weird. shirts that are too small. Yeah. Noah, I got a fun stat for you. What you got? I wonder. I wonder if you already know this stat. Probably not. Do you know what your time was on the uh, ring muscle-up squat clean ladder in 2015 compared to yesterday? Huh. Um, I don't, but I would imagine that it was significantly slower. Actually, it was only seven-tenths of a second apart. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Dang it. I thought I had gotten way stronger. Oh, hi, Max. You but you had. Because the uh, the weights were were completely different. I know, I know, but even with that little uh, jump in weights, I thought that I moved a lot quicker through it. But tell me oh. the workout and tell me the weights in 2015 versus now. Oh God! Hit him, bro! <laughs> yeah, get him, bro! Good job, Noah. Always lean on Brian. Fifteen ring muscle ups and then a squat clean ladder, and I don't know what it was in fifteen, but yesterday it was. 235, 255, 275, 285, 295. Jeez. And in, and six years ago, it ended at 265. So there were three bars heavier than the final weight from that year. 
Got it. Could you have finished the workout you did uh, this weekend in 2015? Um, I think I probably could have at that weight finished it, but I think it would have taken me like a full minute longer. What was it? I apologize for that. Let me ask you a question. I asked Brian, what was the vibe like at the venue? Like in terms of the energy from the crowd, are things like a hundred percent back to normal, 50% back to normal? What was it like competing? I thought it was good vibes. I think that people were really excited to be there. It felt pretty normal. Um, there wasn't much of a policy regarding any COVID stuff. I mean, I, they, all the athletes and coaches had to test. I don't know what they did for spectators in that regard. Um, but yeah, it, it really did feel like a, a like glorified regionals to me, which is cool because I loved regionals back in the day. But I thought it was a really, really well-run event. All the athletes seemed to enjoy themselves. Spectators seemed to enjoy themselves. Did you enjoy yourself? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I, I said a lot of the same things. Yeah. What do you mean by glorified regionals? Um, I don't know if that was the right word. That was the first one that came to mind. Um, but I, I, I said knew to he was going to say that. <laughs> Dylan Malitsky is a friend of mine. Oh, who, such a good dude. Yeah, I love Dylan. We started doing CrossFit at the same time back in college. We were both um, RAs, resident assistants at the University of Miami our sophomore years. And we started CrossFit at Peak 360 that same time. Oh, God. Um, you must have some incredible stories being a resident assistant in a college dormitory. Did you follow all the rules? I actually ended up getting fired. Awesome. I was uh, supposed to be on call for one weekend, and I had snuck off to a CrossFit competition up in Orlando. That's not the exact story I wanted to hear for where you no, why you got fired, but I mean. <laughs> but anyway, um, I had said to Dylan this weekend that it felt like regionals. I, I was complimenting them, and then I, I wanted to one-up that. I didn't want him to feel like it was just they had recreated regionals, and so I had said to him it was like regionals but better. And so the word glorified, I was trying to – make it feel like it was a step above regionals. And I don't know if that was the right word choice. Is life getting better for you every year? I think so. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I know so for sure. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Want to hear something very exciting? Yes. I don't know if, uh, You're getting another dog. Man, we are going to add to the family. I think I, we're, we're not, not pregnant yet or anything like that. We're still, uh, Trying. Planning on getting married toward the end of this year, potentially beginning of next year, but we are very actively talking about having some babies, which I'm super, super excited about. So I think that will be in the next like year or two. Did you have to did you have to delay your wedding because of this past year? Kind of. We hadn't officially planned one yet. Like we didn't have it all set in stone and a date and a location and all that. But as we were starting to plan, all this stuff was unfolding. So we just kind of like put a pause on it and said, let's wait till the world gets back to normal. Wait till Joanne graduates PT school and takes her board exams. The games are over. All that stuff is done so that we can enjoy the process of planning the wedding rather than stress it. I saw you put a resume on your Instagram, like a, the, the boyfriend version of your, of your lady's resume. I thought that was super duper cool. Thanks, man. Do you know what post, do you know what post I'm talking about? 
are you talking about when she had graduated? I put like a couple yeah. quotes from her. Um, yeah. Clinical instructors complimenting her and her. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What yeah, a great I'm reference. Super proud of her. Um, how long have you been together? We actually just did the math the other day. We kind of lose track of that sometimes. Um, I think we started dating at the end of 2012. So it would be 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. At the end of this year, will be nine years. So we're eight and a half years into our relationship. You made it through the seven-year itch. Is that a thing? Yes. Oh, yes. The seven-year itch. <laughs> you made it too. Yeah, You're I did. Hiding. Yeah. Who? Heidig. Remember? That was our thing. Heidig? I'm Heidig. My wife's name is Haley. I... When I was out there, I went and visited you guys once, and you guys kept saying that Heidig, which is father in what language? Uh, Afrikaans. No, Armenian. I thought your wife's name was Heidi. Uh -huh. so I was calling her that. I thought that's what you were referring oh, to. Oh, that's about. awesome. I forgot that. Damn, you have a good memory. Sometimes. No, did you, did you ever smoke weed, Noah? Um, I don't know that I feel super comfortable talking about that on a public forum. I will say, I will say this. I only ask because you have a great memory. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I'm, we don't even have to continue that conversation. Okay, that'll be the next podcast. Did <laughs> you ever? Did you ever smoke cigarettes? Never. No, that I can firmly say no to. Good on you. What? What? Although it sounds like I did. Now my voice has gone from screaming at my friends over the weekend and having fun at the pool last night. Yeah. Did you drink last night? Uh, I took a celebratory shot. You're asking me all these inappropriate <laughs> questions that my wholesome fans are not going to like to hear the answer. Wholesome Olson. So how <laughs> is that? You, 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 the thing is, is that must have been like drinking like 10 drinks, right? I mean, because you've. You know, yeah, I mean, I, for sure, I'm a lightweight. Like after quarterfinals, I had half a glass of wine at my friend's house and was buzzed. Um, but. I, I did like a celebratory shot last night and I didn't really feel anything. So I don't know what it was. I think sometimes it gets you. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And I'm, I'm assuming you, I'm assuming your girlfriend doesn't drink either. Uh, I think similar to me, by the way, she's my fiance. Fiance. Um, sorry. Yeah, you call my wife, okay. my girlfriend. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Similar to me, like very, very rarely on special occasions. Yeah. That's good. No, you guys had a bunch of people there this weekend. And then, you know, everyone yeah. had kind of different results over the course of the weekend. What was the vibe between the training think tank people last night after the competition? Yeah, man, it, it's a mixed bag. I think it's interesting. It's I've had that conversation with Max before, my coach, because he's coached multiple of us at different levels, Wadapaloozas, regionals, games, and nobody ever finishes the same, right? Travis and I he'll have a really good competition and I'll have a bad one. And Max has to kind of manage like celebrating with one of us that's done well and consoling the other one. Um, <clears throat> this weekend, as far as I could tell, I think everybody was relatively satisfied with their performances. I don't think there was anybody in our crew that like was expecting to make it a hundred percent and they didn't. Um, so I think everybody like maybe it didn't go absolutely perfectly, but, People seemed to have had a good time, to have been proud of their effort, um, and we were most of us were out having fun, celebrating all the hard work that we put in the last couple of months last night. So, I don't know. It's a bit of a bummer that um, 
from our crew, the only ones thus far that have moved on are myself, Travis, and Alessandro Pacelli. But Alexis Raptis and Cedric Lapointe both have the last chance qualifier coming up. How how well do you know Alexis? Does she doesn't live. In, does she live in Georgia? But no, she just been visiting. She just moved there uh, a couple months ago, so I've gotten to know her quite well in the last few months. And she's awesome, man. She's a really, really good kid. Awesome athlete. I, we've all just become so invested in each other, training together every day. That um, I don't know. I, I felt so emotionally tied to the way that everybody performed over the weekend, and with Alexis being so close and doing so well all weekend, it was like. Oh, I was so anxious when they were announcing that top five. And when she didn't make it, I was crushed, but she still got a chance. How did you guys choose which, re- which uh, semifinals you went to? You know, I think everybody probably chose differently. We didn't choose like as a group to kind of all go to one. Um, <clears throat> did you purposely I mean, avoid Travis? Did you guys purposely, did you and Travis purposely avoid each other? No, not really. It just kind of worked out that way. I had a, a good friend's wedding the weekend of the Mac, I think, or the Granite Games. I don't know, one of them. And that's why I didn't choose that one. And then I preferred West Coast over the other ones just because I'd always wanted to compete on the West Coast. I know the group, the Loud and Live events, because they've put on Wadapalooza before. So I don't know. I had my reasons for choosing it. And somehow nine of us from Training Think Tank all ended up at that one. Would you have, and Travis, avoided going to the same one? If you guys both would have chosen it, would you have been like, uh, we both have a good chance of going, why push one of us out? Uh, I don't think so, because I think we probably would have been confident enough that we could have both fit inside of the top five, that mm. it would have been maybe cool to have each other to lean on and push at an event together. I like it. No, I got a, I got a in, kind of interesting technical question here. Maybe it, I should ask Max this, but... I think when you register for the open, that whatever affiliate you put down, like you're stuck with that affiliate for the whole calendar year. Maybe. Because I knew that, like when I'm writing the, for example, the closing ceremony script, and I'm thinking that Alexis Raptus has a chance to make it, I want to acknowledge the box she cha- trains at. Yeah. I try to do that for all the athletes, yeah. you know, to credit the affiliates. And But her box is listed as C2X CrossFit because that's where she had been training when the open began. Okay. But I know she's training at Training Think Tank. Yeah. And I didn't know if I should put, like, which one I should put. Yeah. I don't know if you have any insight. It does feel weird for me, too. Like, Peak 360 is my home gym. It's the gym that I started at and will always, like, consider my home gym. But I have been training at Training Think Tank for the last four months. So it does feel like when they're announcing me out to a competition, it should probably say training at a Training Think Tank. Um but I don't know where you even go to update that. Like maybe the game site. Yeah, and I, you know, a lot of times I'm pre- preparing those stats or you know, giving providing data to the the MCs or the announcers or whoever. Yeah. And so, and I'm I I have that question, and I don't know if um you know I just go with whatever is kind of written right. in, in your registration. Basically, Ryan, do it like and I think it's do it like UFC. They'll be like, this is Vladimir Putin from russia training via miami i mean you could just throw anytime you want to put two in there just put a via uh no olsen 360 crossfit via max's lap do you have a middle part right now oh come on man i saw it for a second you make me put my hat back on noah jesus no no, i like it keep keep it off it's a little it's a little pixely but it looks like you have like a a nice middle part going for noticing, buddy. Thanks for, how's that? 
I, I want to join you. <laughs> oh. you. What's that show called? The Little Rascals? Holy yeah. shit! You're like the most buff version of that dude ever. Holy nice. cow! If you're if you're listening to this and not watching this, you need to flip back over to the YouTube and watch this. <laughs> Noah, what's up? Is the ruck is the ruck run a good test for a semifinal? Mm. Um, man, I don't really know. I, I usually don't get into making judgment on things like that because I don't have a choice. I kind of have to do whatever is thrown at us. So I feel like there's no point in putting emotion into their decision. Um, but, but fuck that run. (laughs) (laughs) I think that you want to touch on testing endurance in some way. And when they were probably looking at all the past tests, since they were doing repeats, there are not too many options of straight endurance events. It could have been really cool if somehow they incorporated a swim. Maybe they were limited by the venue. Um, but I don't know. What do you think? Hmm. What do I think? Mm-hmm. You know, I did that workout. He's got basically the same version as you the day before, and nice. it was pretty challenging for me. Um, yeah. I, the thing that I like. What was about your time? What run, was your time, Brian? It took me forty-three minutes. What was your time, Noah? I don't know. Oh, his was thirty-three minutes. Oh there shit, that's pretty good, Brian. Holy shit. Yeah, it is. I was happy just to finish, but. The, the thing that I like about the ruck run as a test at a semifinal is that it's really testing more than just that endurance. It's a testing. Now you're actually testing your ability to recover from something that's debilitating to the body yeah. and potentially the mind and the spirit too. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that because afterwards there definitely was the air of <clears throat> all of the guys and girls saying like, man, I'm, I'm wrecked. My legs are just so tired and heavy and people's legs were cramping up on the triple G chipper in the afternoon. So that's a good point that that's a factor when you put an event like that in it. Since you know that, and since you said that, I want to throw another fun stat at you. This one's not about you, but I think you'll appreciate it. So the live competition record for a clean and jerk is 387 pounds by a man, by a man. And it's been done twice. Tola Morikino did it and Jake Douglas did it. Two separate competitions and sanctionals. Stephen Wallace on Blue City Athletics did 385 pounds two hours after finishing that ruck run. This weekend? Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a lot of weight. Man, I didn't get, not that I didn't get to, I guess I didn't prioritize it, so the blame is on me, but I didn't watch any of the team stuff this weekend, and I kind of wish I had. It's fun to be able to check that stuff out. I don't think that you should be bummed about that. you got to focus on on your mission at hand. No, um. I haven't seen this yet, but Brian was telling me yesterday that um, Danny Spiegel, after doing three laps, she went to pick up the 40-pound ruck. Uh, that's what the women used in the final round. And whatever they saw, whatever the judges saw, made them, I guess, call over a doctor, and they told her, you're done. It, what is that like? How heavy was the final bag you picked up, and can you relate to that? Is like picking up that final bag like, oh, shit, there's another 1,500 meters? No, and, and it was hot I, as it was hot as shit, right? It's ninety five degrees at seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, it was hot, but honestly, I personally didn't feel like the heat was too much of a factor. Um, and I, that that has to have been just like by chance, her body reacted to something differently than everybody else's. Um, could have been the heat, could have been just general exhaustion, under fueling, dehydration. I don't really know. Um, and I saw her, I saw her getting carried off after or like helped off. And then I saw her later in the afternoon. And what did she say? She said she felt like she was recovering from having the flu was what she related like hours later feeling like. 
Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know what caused it, but that's got to be tough. And she bounced back really well. Like that could very well have ended her weekend and she was able to hang in the mix and qualify. So that was impressive. Yeah, she's a badass. What, what's the lightest you've ever weighed at a CrossFit Games? Um, that's a good question. I feel like I've probably gotten a little bit heavier every year. My first year, I was maybe like around 180. Okay. And now I'm 190. I've been 200 at a Games before, but You're- somewhere between 180 and 200. I actually have an interesting statistical thing. Um, <clears throat> during the marathon row, that morning I had weighed in at 190. We competed all day, did the marathon row. I got back to my Airbnb after the marathon row, and I weighed in at 180. So throughout oh. the day, but wait, it gets crazier. Hold on. So so throughout the day, I lost 10 pounds, which is very significant. We ordered a pizza. I drank water and just a ton of other food from when I had gotten back to the Airbnb until I went to bed. And when I went to bed, I stepped on the scale and I was 199. So I had regained 19 pounds. I had had like a 20 pound fluctuation in a single day. Didn't you, didn't you put that on your Instagram that day? I did. For the next day? I, yeah, I think I remember that. It's actually a 29 pound fluctuation. 10 down and 19 up. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy. Yeah. Do you, when, when you talk to other athletes, do they experience that too? I mean, was that something that was... I don't know. I don't know that anybody was tracking it. I just, by chance, there was a scale in the bathroom of our Airbnb and I had happened to step on it. Um, but I would imagine it was pretty common because I think a lot of it was fluid loss and regain. Um, Matt, I, I, I don't want to misquote him. I think one of the podcasts I did with him, he said that over the weekend, he likes to try to make an effort to gain weight over over the week of the CrossFit Games. because just it's like overeat so you're fueled enough. Yeah. Is that a tactic you use too? Um, I I wouldn't say that I'm purposely trying to, but I definitely will try to track my macros and always err on the side of being over. Like a normal training week, I'm trying to get between four to 500 grams of carbs. And then every day this weekend, I was getting like 650 grams of carbs. So a little bit extra fuel. Brian, I think we only have a couple more questions. We got to let this guy go. Do you know what you want to ask him? I'll just stay with you guys all night. Well, I asked for it to be brief because I was tired, but I'm having too much fun. I told you. I told you, Brian. <laughs> I go I, Before you came on, I'm like, how many minutes does he mean by brief? Brian's like, I don't know. I go, dude, as soon as we start talking to him, he's going to want to come over to my house and spend the night. Brian goes, is that how it works? I'm like, yeah. Can I? Oh, yes, always. I put some wood in the chimney. We'll have a campfire outside. The chimney. Chimney, perfect. I'm in. Noah, does it, uh, does it bother you or irk at you at all that you didn't win a single event this weekend? Um, yes, is the answer to that. I, the first three events had gone by and I had done well, but I hadn't had any like moments. I felt, I said to Joanne, I feel very like mediocre and flat and I really don't like that feeling at all. And so on the triple G tripper, triple G chipper, being able to win my heat and kind of have that feeling and sense of like, I don't know, just being, being dominant and being, um, a top level athlete was very refreshing. And I feel like it was something that I needed to like shake off the rust and feel like, all right, I'm back. 
Yeah. I, I want to ask you about that event because I remember watching you behind your lane right before it, and I was like, "Oh, oh shit, he's ready to go for this." Yeah, really. and then but and you and you and you won you won your heat like you said, but you didn't win the event because Spencer Panchik and this actually happened two or three times in the men's division where the yeah. winning time came from a different heat. Sure. Had put up just this phenomenal performance the heat before. You crushed that. Do you feel like you could have? I mean, the gap in time wasn't that close. I think it was twenty five seconds between you and him. Yeah, but I, I, I honestly I was wondering if you would have made that up. I'd like to go back and <laughs> maybe side by side it, but when you skip from round three curious, to round I, five, it's super easy. I felt when I was watching, I was like, I wonder if he was going against Spencer, if he could have, if he could have hung with that time. Like, I feel like he might have been able to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been cool to uh, have been able to push each other like that. He definitely made up time on the dumbbell. I know I put mine down in the middle, and he didn't put his down at all. And he might have bought a little bit of time on the rower. But is that dumbbell too light for the men now? Um, I don't know. I think it still is heavy enough to slow people down. I had an interesting relationship with it. I think I had tweaked my shoulder a couple weeks ago to the point where when they had announced that workout and I was testing it, the hundred pound dumbbell, I couldn't even hold in my left hand because of the, the pain and pressure that it put on my shoulder. I had to like lean the dumbbell into my body and have it like resting on my chest. Um, so for me, it, people that ask that, they're like, oh, the hundred's too light now, right? And I was like, I cannot move this thing right now, so it didn't feel too light. But if I was fully healthy, maybe it would have felt like I could have maybe done the 115 or the 120 or something like that. But uh, I was just happy that my shoulder got to a place where it was good enough to have no issues for the most part throughout the weekend. It's, when you woke up this morning, were you sore? Quite, yeah. And how was that shoulder? Shoulder is a little bit tender. It's not like it never got to a hundred percent and the snatch ladder, which was the first event. I, I didn't like retweak it, but it didn't feel good. The last two snatches I finished and I was like, Oh man, um, we're, we're not all the way back to full health there yet, but I survived the weekend. So that's all. Did you talk to, did you talk to Brandon Luckett about what happened to him in the snatch event? No, but I heard him mentioning it after. He like, what did he hyperextend his elbow or something? Yeah, he actually put it on Instagram, uh, like in Saturday, and you could see it. It, it you know, it didn't look very good. I was Ouch. amazed that he was able to finish, especially with the tests that were on Sunday. Yeah, man, that reminds me of. Um, it made me think of Patrick Vellner at regionals back in I think 2015. I think it was the same event. Didn't he like tear his bicep? His bicep, and then yeah. finish the weekend. I don't even know how that's physically possible. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> he Maybe he has two biceps. Kid. He had a kid. Yeah. yeah. So cool. How old are yeah. you, Noah? Pat and Michelle. Um, I am 30 years old. So you, you met your wife when you were 22, the year after you became legal. She went from my girlfriend to my wife. And then, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah she, girlfriend to fiance. How is that? What are the challenges of, of – for if I were to ask her, what are the challenges of, of – being in a relationship with you, what would she say? Besides your insane marijuana habit. <laughs> Me personally, as a human, what are the challenges? Um, like, like, do you leave your socks always, like, do your socks smell yeah. horrible and you always leave them right in her purse? No, or like, I, I am often pretty stinky, though. Like, I spend all day at the gym. And so she, we used to have a routine where we would kind of, like, she'd get home from work and I'd be coming home from the gym and I would give her a kiss and she would, like, 
plug her nose and Bailey give me her lips for a little kiss and say, go shower. And then I'll see you after. Um, so that is one thing, but that's just kind of the, the way is she immune to that now. Did she learn to love it? Like, like, no, definitely no. not. She still hates when I stink. Oh. Um, I am, maybe you should become vegan. So you smell better. Honestly, I'm considering it because I had a kidney stone issue and I need to do a, a urine analysis to see what caused them. But animal protein is a potential cause. And if that were the case, it's they're so miserable that I would alter my diet and try removing animal protein if it was going to help with that. When was that? When did you have that? That's basically you have a stone in your in your urine and you got to piss it out the old Johnson. Yeah, man. So I've had. I've had did you pee one out? What's that? Did you pee one out? Yeah. So this, it's actually been kind of a crazy month and a half. At the end of April, I peed blood after a training day. And I was like, that's kind of weird. I wonder if that's rhabdo or what, but I hydrated. Did it, did it hurt? Cause I had a urinary tract infection once and I peed blood and it was, it felt like I was peeing shards of glass. I mean, I went, yeah. ran to the hospital. Did it hurt? Um, it didn't, it didn't oh. hurt at all the first time. And I'll, I'll make a long story short, but it turns out. No, dick talk is cool. Spell it out. Let's roll. <laughs> we should extend it. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every, lot, half the listeners have a penis. Go. And the other half That's love it. So had, uh, had some bloody urine. It went away. A couple weeks later, it came back. I went to the hospital. They checked my creatine kinase levels, which is what they check when you maybe have rhabdo. They said they were elevated, but nothing too crazy. And then... A couple of weeks after that, or a couple of days after that, I got this crazy pain. Like, right, it was almost like in my bladder area, but this excruciating pain that I went to the hospital for. They did a CT scan. I actually, if we're making this uh, an extended portion of the podcast, I had done the worm at the gym one day, the dance move where you like, you know, yeah. the worm. Yeah, right and over the Johnson. I'm not good at it at all. And so I basically like slammed my stuff into the floor and like the helmet it, like the helmet got took up the brunt of it no just everything down oh, there just rock. <laughs> okay and did you make you know, a noticeable gasp like did you like did people like oh shit uh I, I mean it definitely looked like it i don't know it looked like it probably didn't feel good and the feeling that you get when you get hit in the nuts that lasts like 30 seconds that goes up into your stomach yeah that lasted like five hours and oh so I was thinking, man, something is really wrong here. I, I started some Googling and I thought I maybe had testicular torsion, uh -huh. which mm -hmm. would be really bad. Um, so I went to the hospital. They did a ultrasound and a CT scan and they found that I had an eight millimeter kidney stone, which is big enough. They said that that's not going to pass on its own. It's going to get stuck along the way from your kidney to your bladder, cause a backup of urine in your kidney causing your kidney to swell and a whole bunch of other issues. So they said, we have to do a procedure in the next couple of days to go in with a laser and break that up into small enough pieces to pass. Oh, so they can't. Oh my God. So it's, you're not even clear once they do the procedure, they break it up into little pieces. They pat you on the back and they said, Oh, good luck, buddy. Yeah. So the, they break it up into pieces, I guess that are small enough that you shouldn't feel them at all anymore. Oh, I'll, I'll clear up a little, um, potential misconception for people about kidney stones. I used to think the pain of a kidney stone was imagine like the tube that it's passing through that as it was passing, it would like scrape along the walls and that would cause the pain. Apparently that's not the case at all. It's what happens is as it's passing, 
if it gets stuck and urine cannot pass to your bladder, it causes a backup and literally your kidney will swell with fluid and that swelling is what causes the excruciating pain. Wow. Yeah, I just figured it was like shoving a golf ball down a piece of garden hose and that's right. what that was kind of like rough on the edges and it was just scraping the inside of whatever that tube is, your urethra yeah, or whatever as the urine. So look at um, Brian's so getting all squirmish. Brian like Brian only talks sports. He doesn't talk dick. <laughs> well, I found something medicine. out while you guys were talking about that that I think Noah will like. Okay, <laughs> okay what you got? Besides you, four other people did that same event with the with the squat clean ladder. With the busted penis. And they were all also slower, but none of them were as close to their previous time as you. Nice. I'll take it. Wow. I didn't want you to leave feeling bad about that. You I thought it was pretty all, good yeah. that you were able to be at the same you time. You just yeah, did all that why. during medicine right. talk, Brian? Yeah. Sorry, Noah. Go ahead. That's okay. I don't, I don't know if I should continue the kidney talk or the <laughs> sports talk or both. I can tie them together. I'm yeah, tie, tie it together. Hey, so was your penis fine by the time you went to the, competed this weekend? So, and do you know yes. if you peed? The, do you know if you peed the stones out yet? You have just no idea because. Yeah, yeah. Here, I, I'll wrap. So I'll wrap that story up because it's kind of crazy. So I had the procedure to break up that eight millimeter stone like three weeks ago. And they put a stent in, which is a tube that kind of opens the, the passage from your kidney to your bladder so that you can pee out the pieces and urine. And, and it was a week long of like blood coming out in your pee. Like if you had a cut and you're bleeding, that's coming out in your pee, that much blood, which is crazy. I peed a blood clot one day, which was very disturbing. <laughs> that was all, a baby. That was a baby. Yeah, it might've been. All that being said though, in the process, my doctor said something happened that doesn't often happen. The procedure caused, I had, he said, from our original CT scan to our, our last one, I had five kidney stones in my right kidney and the one that was trying to pass, so six in total. I did a follow-up CT scan like a week before going out to Vegas and they were gone. So all six kidney stones that I had from the procedure had been like shaken up and decided to pass so I passed six kidney stones over the course of like two weeks, which was incredibly uncomfortable and really altered my training. You know, I had to take multiple days off of training. I was in and out of the hospital like six times in a couple of weeks. Um, and so that was, I was pretty nervous going into this event because on top of being in and out of the hospital, being on medication for pain and swelling and all that stuff, I finally got back into the swing of things. I tweaked my shoulder and it was just, uh, there was a lot of doubt before the West Coast Classic. So I'm glad that I'm sitting here on the other side of it, talking to you guys, being able to uh, celebrate being an eight-time CrossFit Games athlete. Uh, Brian, before you ask something relevant, let me keep with this irrelevance. How did they put the stint in? So you probably would like this. Um, the procedure <laughs> is they go in your pee hole with uh -huh. a camera. Uh-huh. And Are you asleep for this? Yes. It oh. was anesthesia fully out. Okay. So they go into the camera and the laser, they break it up. And then once that <laughs> is done, they put the stent in through your pee hole. I, I actually, I'll send you a photo. I, I, it's not like a, a post worthy photo, but I can send you a photo of the stent after the fact. So they have the stent in that runs from your kidney to your bladder. And then attached to the bladder part of it, they put a string that then trails out through your penis. So hanging out of my pee hole, I had this like 
fishing wire for a week. (laughs) This is amazing. At the end of the week, I pull the entire thing out. And it was like, it's like a 20 inch long string and stent combo that just comes straight out of your penis hole. Now I'm going to ask you a loaded question. Be very careful how you answer this. I'm setting you up for a slam dunk, but you could fuck yourself and trip. How, how much string is hanging out of your penis? Um, uh, there's a funny story related to that that I'm not going to get into. Well, I think I'm going to get to it. How much string is hanging out of your penis? Just tell me. Enough. Enough. More than enough. <laughs> was there, was there, what, if you get a chub, were you ever concerned that there wouldn't be enough string? Like if they only give you two, two or three inches of string and, you, and they're dealing with a penis that's that's I can't imagine is very impressive. When when you're when you're knocked out, I mean, yes. it's like, do they ask you, "Hey, sir, do you have a twelve inch dick?" Be- when it's hard, because we only got ten inches of string. No, they, they just- do. They do leave a, a significant amount of string, probably for anybody, just to account for that. Because if anything <laughs> happens and that thing disappears inside you, you then have to now go and get another procedure to remove all that. So, luckily, that was not the case. But you did have a you did have a you did have a moment where you you thought you lost the string. Is that, is that, I mean, can you, no, I never had that moment. No. Okay. And, uh, do you, wow, that's me. So you pulled that thing out and then the stint came out with it. Correct. And do you have to return experience? (laughs) Did you have to return the stint? No, I thought about keeping it as a souvenir, but Joanne said we should probably throw it away. (laughs) Nah, nah, dude, that thing should be in a fucking jar with like, some vinegar or whatever, You're whatever freak you freak out with the uh, photo that I send you. That's amazing. Why? Because when you see this thing, you're like, holy shit, I pulled this thing through my dick. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. Josh should be so disappointed in me. He tries to like make, so he wants me to say words like penis or genitalia. He doesn't <laughs> like me saying cock and dick. Sorry, Josh. You're disgusting. Wow. That is a, that is an amazing, amazing story. And I'm glad you're better. And I guess the relevance of it is, is how it affected your training. Do you think that there was any positive to it because it got you to rest? Like gave you needed rest you needed? Uh, I don't know. I, there were definitely a couple people that tried to spin it in that way just to make me feel a little bit better, which perhaps that was the case. Um, I, I think I could have gone into the weekend more optimally trained if that hadn't been the situation that I was dealing with, but, um, it is what it is and it's over now. And it just makes me appreciate feeling normal and healthy and not taking that for granted as much. Um, Brian, what are the those? Who were those four guys that also redid the workout? Uh, Cole Sager, Sean Sweeney, Will Moore, and Alex Smith. Wow, good, good, good company. And, and sorry, go ahead, Noah. Those are my dudes. And those and you're saying that they all did worse, and Noah did seven tenths of a second better. He no, he was seven, also seven tenths of a second worse. It's just he was much closer to his time from six years ago than those guys were. But in some of the cases, there were different things going on that year. Cole Sager needed to win his event and have like five other guys do poorly, and it all happened for him to make the games. This year, he'd basically already locked up first place in the competition, which was also going to be his first ever competition win, and all he needed to do is finish the event. So I don't think he was as like racing it as much as he was six years ago. Yeah. Mm. 
Cole did great this weekend. I was impressed. Uh, I was wondering, since you guys are, are thinking of having a kid in the next year or two, did you talk to Cole at all about that? Yeah, for sure. We did talk about his son and just that process very briefly. Um, he, I, I don't know if you guys know that Jack was born like very premature and Cole was holding a shaker bottle in his hand. And he said he was, his son was smaller than the size of that shaker bottle when he was first born, which is crazy. Um, yeah, that's scary. Yeah. But he's, he's much healthier now. And his, apparently his growth is like on the normal track. So I'm really happy for them. And they said that life is awesome now. What, how many people are in your training, like cohort, like when you show up to the gym seven days a week and there's this group that Travis has kind of mentioned to us, how many people are in that? Me, Travis, Jake Berman, Kyle Bernier, Lauren Fisher, Alexis Raptis, uh, Alessandra Pacelli, Bryn Curlin. So there's usually those eight. Cedric has joined us in the last few weeks. And then there are a few other people like Calarina and some others that'll kind of jump in here and there. Oh, she did the, she did the virtual, right? She did. Yeah. She did relatively well. She didn't qualify, unfortunately, but she had some awesome performances. I think she took second on the snatch event. She's so Dude, the girl who won that snatch event is only 21 years old and she had, she did more snatches at the hot, at, well, she beat even Katrin David's daughter, Laura Horvath. Every single woman from Europe in that workout is really impressive. So second to that girl who had the world record is very good. Yeah, that's really cool. So in the original person that so it was originally Travis and Max. They were the duo. Yeah. And then, and then Max expanded into a full games training camp clinic. Yeah, it, it slowly evolved over the years. Max has coached <laughs> a lot of athletes um remotely, myself included, and has always kind of been trying to build the on site environment. Um for whatever reason, it just worked out this year where a bunch of people were able to do it. They've actually got a team that qualified for the games this year as well. So that's been pretty cool to see them training. And I guess now going forward, it will be Travis, myself, Alessandra, and then team training think tank, um, kind of all continuing to train for the rest of the season. And hopefully Alexis and Cedric. When I used to film you and Travis at the CrossFit games and, and you would be there with Max and like in between the events, you guys seemed like you guys were made for each other. Like you guys always kept it lighthearted. There was a lot of fun. There was a lot of playing around. You had a very, um, not that other athletes didn't have that, but you guys were very unique in your relationship. The three of you can't remember if there was a third person. I don't ever remember. I mean a, a third athlete, but it was always just the three of you, Max, you and Travis with all these other guys around, do you guys dis- dictate the mood? Do you and Travis dictate the mood and keep it light? And are, do you have pet, any pet peeves from the other athletes or do you hear things like what their self-talk that you're like, man, they, they should not be doing that. I mean, you're eight uh, years in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say Travis and I are, are probably the two and Alessandra, she's been in the game longer than both of us. Um, but we're kind of like the, uh, I don't, I don't know what the proper phrase would be, but I feel like, we kind of help bring the group together and make sure that the dynamic is good, the timeliness, the focus of the session. Um, so, yeah, I. what was the original piece of that question you asked? Well, I was actually just thinking if you guys – you work – so the presupposition I make is that all of you guys at this level, people who don't know you or who aren't intimate with you like Joanne or or or, or – maybe she's the only one in, in Travis and Ma- and Max 
is the fact that you guys, people have no idea what you're really like. Because to be at this level, if you don't know anyone who's at this level in anything in life, whether it's car racing or cooking or being interested in the stock market, you guys are not normal people. You guys must have enormous idiosyncrasies. Um, I don't want to say control issues, but control – like things have to be – everything has to be fucking dialed in. I don't know if that's the case. I can see why you would think that and maybe it is. Maybe I'm just so used to it now that it doesn't feel abnormal. Right. But I feel like Travis and I both in different ways are very normal. You know, I'm very go with the flow. I'm I'm not very neurotic about things. So being a little bit off on my macros or my schedule or my body work or whatever, that stuff doesn't really bother me. I mean, I try to optimize it to the best of my ability. Um, But then Travis, same thing, like managing his family and balancing that and training and stuff. I don't know. I I definitely get what you're saying. Or even uh, things like someone like Josh and Matt who would train in their like dungeons. um, They would, they would probably have their favorite bar and it's always put away in the same place and their shoes are always in the same place. And you know, no, you're, you're, it's not like that with you. I I don't think so. You could come study us for a day and probably pick out some things, but (laughs) Why does Noah always put his right shoe on first, but tie it with his left hand? I might actually do exactly that. You have been watching me, you sick freak. Yes, absolutely. Noah, were you impressed with Dallin Pepper? I was. I was. Yeah, yeah. Right off the bat, too, on that snatch event. I mean, I know he's a strong snatcher, but that is not just about being a strong snatcher. Um, And then throughout the rest of the weekend, he did great. We had a couple chances to hang out and chit-chat. I think he's a good kid, and... I definitely think he has a future in the sport. When, when you finished the final event um, this weekend, the camera Wait, was on. Before you finish this question, I need to know. Be Say honest. Any? I said before you finish this question, yes. I, need to know, yes. I don't want you to be honest. Yes. Did you watch a majority of the competition? No, hell no. I just watched the men and women final heats, the ones you were in. Oh, okay, but I mean you watched most of them. Yes, 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 yes. Got it. Okay. I, uh, my six-year-old son did a hundred pull-ups. We took turns doing until we got to a hundred while, while watching you guys go. They're awesome. That's very cool. You we finished, and I saw. I mentioned this to in the podcast yesterday that I did with Brian. You had an air about you that is very rarely seen. I think in CrossFit, um, I, I would call it sort of the Rich Froning phenomenon. You just seemed like you were. You are on a whole different level level of gentlemanness. Like you weren't in. Like I would see Rich finish workouts and he's not in his head. He's around congratulating other people. You know the weekend, and yeah. you just. I was like, holy shit! This guy is just a full blown veteran now. He's like, he's he's. You know, you went from kid, brand new kid in the in the thing to the guy who's running it. Like win or lose, you just seem. Do you feel that? Do you feel like an era of calm or like you're at home? Like, oh, hey, this is all happening in my living room now? Um, yes and no. I think that I felt a little bit out of my element at the beginning of the competition. I don't know if it's because it had been a while, if I was a little nervous because of those health issues leading up to it. But once I kind of found my flow, I definitely felt very comfortable and confident um it does feel good yeah i mean it is my eighth time qualifying um 
And I don't know. I don't. I don't want it to be just that though. I, I would like to qualify for ten games in a row, but I want them to all be like high, high level, like going for the title um, performances and seasons. So I, I know that doesn't really answer your question. I don't. I, don't know, I, I know what your question is, but I don't exactly know how to answer it. Well, maybe um, that's good. Maybe it's just become natural to you because you're not trying to do it. It's no, just. The, it's just the evolution. Yeah, you yeah. look. You look very comfortable. Thank you, man. No, no, Will Morad used to train with you guys, right? Yep, Silly Willie. That's my guy. <laughs> and, I mean, I was he's always had injuries lingering here and there that have sometimes affected his potential, I think. Was it cool? I mean, what's it like when, when you train with a guy and then he goes somewhere else and then you reconnect with him at a competition like that? Is everything cool and good, and are you happy for him? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And we've, we've stayed in touch throughout that process. I miss him. You know, I miss, like, being able to train with him. We don't chat as much as we probably did when – he was coming to visit and training with us. Um, but it's, it literally was like, not to sound cliche, but, um, I don't even know what the phrase is when you meet back up with a friend and it's like, you didn't miss a beat. Like we're, we're homies. And I was super excited to see him do well and qualify again. I think he deserves it because he's a really good guy and happy to see him succeed. Do you have something more, Brian? Cause I'm going to change subjects. Go ahead. When you go to the hospital, and they, they, you go to the hospital the first time, and they're like, "Okay, um, will you get undressed and put this robe on?" Is that what happened? That did happen. And then, and then, and then the doctor's in there, and like he lifts up your robe, and, and like now he's looking at your body. Does he say anything? Like, does he gasp? I mean, he's he's been look seventy percent of his clientele is morbidly obese, maybe more. I mean, fifty percent of the population is morbidly obese. I can only imagine it's got to be seventy to one hundred percent of the people in the hospital are obese. And it's like, imagine if you were like, all you worked on was 1970 Toyota pickups. And then all of a sudden some guy's like, fuck, you're the only mechanic around. And can I bring my car? And he's like, yeah. And he brings in a fucking Testa Rosa or some fucking experimental car from fucking Italy. Are they tripping on you? I'm honored that that's what I'm related to. Um, I, there was one doctor that said something really funny about my physique. And I can't remember exactly what he had said now, but. Like they've never worked on a clean car. Like they're the mechanic where that like they show up and there's like dirty diaper. I mean, doctors like it, they they work on cars with dirty diapers in the back and vomit in the front seat. And this fucking like pristine, like this pristine, yeah. I've heard that story. <laughs> a toilet in the car and this pristine car rolls up. What? Uh, yeah. What did he say that was funny? I I really can't remember. Um, but something making note of my physique. And it's funny that you say the car thing though, because my uh mental performance coach that I've been working with for about half a year now used that analogy this weekend. She said that before like a, a big race, a sports car driver is not the week before is not like driving around testing the car there. All the work is already done. The car is primed and ready. All they're doing is polishing the car that week, getting ready to go put it out and perform. And so she was kind of saying like for your taper week, you know, like don't push it too hard. You've done the work. This week is just time to, Polish the vehicle, get the little touches in that you need, do the body work, um, have gratitude for all of your physical capacity and capabilities and just basically shine the sports car was what she was saying for the week. I, I don't mean to make you self-conscious, but I guarantee you when you were unconscious and they did the procedure on you, they took a picture of you naked. Just, I'm just, I'm just telling you, I guarantee it. I'm a, I'm a, I, That's gotta be illegal. No, no, it's not. It's not. 
It's not because they could just say it's like for work or something like they can. They, yeah. No yes. Way. I'm telling you, I'm telling you some doctor. That's or, fine. I, I don't care. Yeah. You shouldn't that care. That wouldn't really bother me. The, the good part about it is, is if that picture gets out, it, it's, it's, I mean, it won't get out. Those doctors are good, but like doctors got lots of naked pictures. Like I know doctors that like do certain kinds of procedures and like, I mean, their people's faces aren't usually in it, but they'll, I mean, you can even go to doctor's Instagram accounts and they're like, yeah, we cut this guy's chest open and here is his heart beating. And you can watch, yeah. I think Dr. Nick had some of that shit on Nick. his Instagram. But Dr. Uh, Nick was a guy we had on, on the show a few months ago. Oh, cool. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. I'm like one of those people that just talks about people like no one knows them. Um, Lauren, Lauren Fisher, Lauren Fisher, hardcore veteran, um, what was her mindset going into the games? Did you, or going into that semifinals? Did she want to go to the games again? Or did, yeah, does the whole team do you, to be on your team? Do you have to want to go to the games? I mean, that's the intention of being in that training group. I, I would have to imagine that she would not have moved herself across the country for two months out of the comfort of her own home with her fiance to live with somebody else that she doesn't know and train if she didn't want to make it back to the games. Um, and she's been training super hard. So I, I know for sure that that was her goal and her intention. And I'm bummed for her that it didn't pan out that way. Um, I think it was just kind of luck of the draw. And like, she just had a couple of things that went well and some that didn't, I think prep went really well, but I don't know. It is what it is. I hope I know, I know she's not done. You know, she's got, way more in the tank. So I hope she continues to push it. I think she'll probably end up going back to San Diego now. Um, but I am curious to see if she'll potentially want to stay on board with training think tank, if she really enjoyed this experience or if she'll go back to Invictus. I'm not sure what the answer is to that. What, what, and when one of her really close friends uh, did make it, Reagan Huckabee. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, th I saw Lauren after the competition and she seemed to be she didn't seem to be very down on herself. She seemed like she was celebrating the people who'd done well and, and had a smile on her face and was having a good time. Yeah. Maybe there was some internal stuff of disappointment, but she didn't, she wasn't letting it show when I saw her. Yeah. She's definitely good at that. Yeah. Long time bet. What good at hiding it or good at being supportive? No, good at just good at being professional, you know, like carrying herself appropriately in places where she needs to. And then when it's appropriate, if she needs to go cry, she's going to do it in a place that she feels comfortable doing it. What do you think about taking um, – to, to the two-part question. What do you think about being an individual athlete at a super high level, top 10 person, taking a year off and then trying to come back? And also in that same thing in respect to tr um, being a top-level athlete, going to teams and then coming back. Do you think that both of those – like in, in my opinion, and it doesn't mean shit. In all honesty, I'm not even just trying to be humble or funny. My opinion doesn't mean shit, but I think it's a, ba a bad idea to take a year off and try to come back or to go to teams and try to come back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would be really difficult. I think a feeling that I had this weekend on a very small level of that, like shock to the system, the first day of competition, cause it had been a while and I had been a little bit detrained cause of these health issues. It really, I was like, Whoa, it kind of punched me in the face that first day. And so I can imagine that if you take a year off, that first competition, just everything about it, I think would be so shocking to your body. 
that physically you wouldn't be able to keep up mentally and emotionally. You would just be having to process that and not be able to perform well enough to do what you need to do. I'm sure some people could do it, but it would be much more difficult than just kind of, I think if you ever got to the situation where you felt like, Hey, I need to take a year off. There's probably an appropriate way to do it where you can like really back off and work on certain things and then plan your comeback. But if you just decide like, Hey, I'm done competing. And then all of a sudden you decide you want to jump back in after a year. I think that would be really hard. And, 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 and what we have seen is, is that out of necessity, women do it because of pregnancy, but that right. might be a whole different mindset that might actually even in, in some, some, you, you could rationalize that that could even help them. I don't know. Because, yeah, because, but, yeah. because they're not, be, they're not quitting for, for any reason besides, I mean, you just can't compete pregnant. I mean, yeah, shit, who am I to say you can't more. compete pregnant? I wonder if the CrossFit games would allow that. I know athletes mm -hmm. have competed pregnant without knowing it. Huh. Yeah. Do you look at the Atlas games, game qualifiers? I did a little bit. I mean, I just looked at the leaderboard. So all five of those guys that qualify from Canada have placed inside the top 10 at the games before. Nice. That's cool. That that's a, I feel like that's a pretty formidable group of men that just all added their name to the games roster. Yeah. Sweet. That don't scare me. You can't scare me, Brian. <laughs> he, he was saying that trying to intimidate me, looking for my reaction. Uh, Noah, I had heard, I think I had heard you say, and if I'm, I'm wrong, just slap me through the computer screen. I think what I'm hearing you, the difference in the last time I talked to you <clears throat> three years ago was you used to, the goal used to be on the podium to get on the podium. And now it doesn't sound like that is the goal. The goal is to stand on top of the podium. Yeah. I, I think that there are levels to goals, you know, you can have the one overarching goal, but as much as you probably don't want to set those like fallbacks, there's always going to be like, oh, well, if I don't achieve this, at least I get this. Um, and so I think I've always wanted to win the games, but a consolation prize is always like, well, at least hopefully I make the podium. Um, and I think prior to having achieved that, that would have been a big accomplishment. Now that I have achieved that, literally pretty much the only thing left to do in the sport, I think, is to win the CrossFit Games. And I don't mean that to sound arrogant at all. I just mean like, I've won the Open, I've won regionals, I've won sanctioned events, I've won this and that. So um, winning the Games is kind of the one thing that I still want to be able to check off my list before I go bye-bye. How, how old did you say you are? 30. And if you want, and, and one, of the, one of your ideas in your head is that you'd like to qualify 10 times at the highest level. Yeah, so that would be this year I just did eight. Um, so 31 would be nine, 32 would be 10. Do you see guys getting old? Have you, did you, did you, did you watch Mac get old or did you watch Rich get old or did you see anyone like, are you watching Travis get old? Like, as you look around, are you like, shit, these people, some of these motherfuckers are getting old. I mean, we are all getting older, but what I thought used to be kind of the cutoff, it seemed like guys, and, and I had this impression that when I got to 30, I'd start to fizzle out. And it doesn't seem like that is the case right now. There are a lot of us that are all 30 years old, myself, Travis, Cole Seeger, Will Morad, um, Scott Panchik, Scott Panchik, <clears throat> that are all 30 plus and are still doing relatively well. And it's funny because 
we talked about this. We were all standing there waiting for them to do the award ceremony, the five guys that had qualified. And uh, we were saying that we were all veterans, Cole, Noah, Will, Brandon, and Sean. And people have been talking about like these new up and comers. And for sure there were some James and Dolan and uh, Tudor all did great that weekend, but it's not quite yet like the, the crossing or the passing of the guard that it was as significantly as it was in 2014 was the year that there was the biggest shift in the games for sure. That was me, Cole, Matt, Will, a bunch of those guys coming in for the first time. And that was the last year that Rich, Jason, Chris, Graham, Tommy, all those guys competed. So there was that very, very tangible changing of the guard. And I don't think that we're there quite yet. But in the next I few think, years, I think that might have been, uh, I think that was BKG and Yonikoski's first year too, that 2014. It was a big group. For sure. Wow. You know, there was also two Masters men who qualified for the games this year, one out of Russia and then Jason Smith from Africa, 36 and oh, 37 cool. years old. Nice. That's awesome. Good for them. In, in April, been, go ahead. Go ahead, Noah. I was going to say, I've been thinking about that a little bit. And uh, so if all goes to plan and by the time I'm 32, I qualify for my 10th games and say at that point I call it, I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to compete individually anymore. I think I don't know if I would want to compete in the master's division when I'm 35, maybe. Um, I do think it would be a lot of fun to go team. I've always had that desire, but I've always been kind of chasing individuals. So Travis and I have talked about potentially putting a team together in a few years. I think that could be really cool. Um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Have you thought about entering the woman's class ever, identifying as a woman and, 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 and entering? No, I can't say that I have considered that. Taking that path to the podium. No. Okay. It's, I mean, anything's possible. Yeah. Yep. That's true. Eh? <laughs> that is true. Any my chicken sausage. I'll be right back. Yeah. Are you going to eat it on camera? That's awesome. So didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell yeah. you? Yeah. He's, 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 he's swooning. He's swooning right now. Is the string out of his penis and he's ready to test his penis out. So those are patties. That's you say chicken, chicken. Oh, Max. What's the dog's name again? Max. Like, yeah, that's what I thought. Same as the, the coach. Yep. Do they get mixed yeah. up? Like when you in the gym and you go, God damn it, Max. Do they both turn their head? Yeah. I would never say that to either of them though. And then your and then your coach is taking a shit in the corner and your dog's over there picking it up. Classic. How is Max? How is Max? What? Coach is named after the dog, believe it or not. I believe it. Um, t tell me, what is Max like? The dog? No. Cuddly. Loyal. The, the coach. Um, also cuddly and loyal. He, he's a really good dude, man. I, I love that guy. We have grown a pretty special relationship over the last few years. He is a unique individual for sure. Um, I think less so now than he used to be. I think now he's like found a way to be a little bit more comfortable with who he is and um, the way he relates to people. But he is very intellectual. He's very, very smart. Um, I don't know. He's hard to describe. I feel like he's like a guy that you need to interact with and hang out with for a day to really get a feel for him. Oh, yeah. For a second, I thought you were describing Brian. Friend? Yeah, that guy. So, so Max, he's, he's, 
Go ahead. Whenever I've I've talked to him, and usually it's at competitions where he's obviously got a lot of responsibilities and things to think about. He's always very generous with his time and thoughtful yeah. with his comments, and he'll have good conversations with me and go out of his way to say hi. So I've always appreciated yeah. that from him. Yeah, man, he's a good guy. Does he does he believe in you guys like tangibly? I mean, I, I know it's easy yeah. to say yeah, he does believe in you. Do you feel that he believes in you? I do for sure, and I think that that's that's big in my belief in myself. And I know I, and I'm not fully reliant on that. I think people would say that that would be a fault if like I needed to rely on what other people thought of me. But I think hearing that he's as invested as he is in me and my process, because he believes so strongly in my ability to win makes me believe it even more and be even more invested in it as well. I'll keep it at that. Yeah, I think, you know, my, my, what, what, how many more minutes do you want? Five or seven, seven, my, yeah. my mom and my wife believe in me and they've always believed in me and I take it for granted, but man, it, it is so awesome. Yeah. It's very subtle. It's constant. It's unwavering. And, yeah. it, and I, I know what you mean. It's like, it's like huge. For sure. It's like huge. Yeah. I think that would be one of the things that like your general, <clears throat> excuse me like your general health that you maybe take for granted when you have it. But then when you don't, it's like the only thing that you want back. Right. I imagine if that was absent that you'd be like, Oh wow. I do not feel good without this. Uh, I'll give you just a, a, a stupid analogy. It's like planting a tree in your backyard. You know, you, you have a, a wife, a house with your wife and you plant an avocado tree in your backyard and your wife just says, Oh, that's a beautiful tree. Good job. I like where you put it. And shit, I don't know if I believe her or not, but she believes in me. And that tree's going to be there for fucking 60 years and I stuck it in the ground. Instead of like, well, should we look on Google and see if you put it in enough sun? And what's the watering regimen on that? And did you mix the soil properly? And she just, someone who just takes the fun out of fucking everything and you just want to blow your brains out. And my wife is not that person and, and usually neither is my mom. But you, you know what I'm talking about, right? You, you know those kind of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like trying to decide decide on the Volkswagen or the Honda, and someone's like trying to figure out how much the three dollars you're going to save in gas over the next thirty years. You're like, listen, dude, I'm going for style points here. Yeah. That's did you get a chance to uh, to meet or say hi to Jason Hopper this weekend? I did actually. Yeah, I saw him hanging out watching, and I went up to him, shook his hand, just wanted to introduce myself. He's a large fella. A He's a boy. big kid. You know what I yeah. basically found out this weekend. Uh, I don't think he's done a lot of traveling in his life. Oh, so no. he had a lot of firsts this weekend and it was like eyes wide open type stuff. Not just, yeah. not from the, given the competition, just being in Vegas and yeah, yeah. That's doing amazing. some of the things that he was able to do. For sure. He basically told us in the podcast that tra- tra- moving somewhere to train somewhere else was not an option. Hmm. I wonder why. I mean, just I mean, he's a, young. He's, 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 tw- he's 21 or 22, you know, yeah. just loves his family. Just, yeah. You think that's a sign that he can never win? That that's the sign of someone who's not a champion? Like it's, no, it's win at so. any means necessary, doping in the bus. That's a uh, what's his name? Analogy. What's the guy's name who doped in the bus? The cool dude, Lance. I don't want to hear it. So I don't want to hear it. Okay. Would well, you uh, think that that's it? That's because no, when I heard that, I'm like, ah, oh, it should be by any means necessary. I, I think things change. I think that I've been in that position before as well, where Max has told me he feels like I need to be here at training think tank on site with him and just like life circumstances. It didn't make sense for Joanne being in school or or whatever it may be where I was like, man, I, 
I can't like that. There's no way that that is the only way that I'm going to be successful. You know, I believe that there are other options, um, but I don't know. And, and, and then things didn't end up changing for me, you know, over time I have made sacrifices. I have lived up here a couple of times, so I'm sure it'll be the same thing for him. If he feels like that's necessary, if he has a year where he's a little bit disappointed in his performance and needs the spark of something new, maybe that will be the catalyst that he needs to go try that out. But he might not even need that. Maybe his place is optimal and bringing people to him is even better than him going somewhere else. Right. Um, it, it, whenever I would hear at work, and I know this isn't a truism, but but I I live by it. Whenever I would hear someone at work be like, "Oh, and I, and I I have strong boundaries, and I let my boss know my boundaries," I'm like, "This motherfucker is never getting promoted. You're never making it to the top." So, yeah. but 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 I know that's not a truism. I know there's people who do it do it both ways. Um, do you think that there's a shitload of pressure on the guy because of his performance? No, I don't know. I don't think so. I, maybe. I don't know if it's going to be coming from outside sources or just on himself, you know, um, but it's so hard to tell. I could see how, yes, very easily there could be a lot of pressure because he did really well and people are thinking he's like the new up and comer, but um, I don't know. I think if he manages it well, that'd be fine. Um, what about Justin Medeiros? You think there's a shit ton of pressure on him getting the, the he, he got some like nutritional supplement contract with um matt do you think that that being in matt's shadow that that puts like an uh enormous amount of pressure that maybe isn't necessary or healthy i also am not really sure it's it's so hard for me to say being in like them being in their shoes i think maybe if i was that age and in that same situation i could see it being both like really exciting and beneficial but also maybe putting a little bit of that pressure on. Um, yeah, I, I think Justin maybe had some of that coming off of the games last year, but he's had a couple like okay performances in the open and quarterfinals and the sanctioned events. I'm not saying that he performed poorly, but he didn't like crush it. So I don't think there's, I think if he had finished third at the games, his rookie year, and then crushed the open, crushed quarterfinals, crushed semifinals, Everybody would be like, yo, this kid is it. He's the future. And that probably would put a lot of pressure on him, but that's not the case right now. So we shall see. So yeah. you said you said this is your be your eighth games. Correct. One more than Travis. Important. Yeah. Important to, to you. <laughs> Well, how much how much do you like now that you know, in preparation for the games, are you still learning things in year eight, or do you feel like you guys pretty much have it dialed in? All the time I learn stuff. It's crazy. Like little, little physical things too. Even I like a year ago started to, instead of catching my snatches like this with my wrists locked out, I started to receive my snatches with a little bit of like, um, that flexion or extension. I guess that's extension in my wrists. And it just like changed everything in my shoulder positioning and my setup in the catch. So. Yeah, I mean, 10 years deep, sometimes you'll accidentally discover something. Sometimes it's purposeful, but I think being willing to make those changes and adaptations is beneficial. Do you have an agent? I do. You know Bijan. Do I know Bijan? I think so. The name sounds familiar. What's his? It's a he or a she? He, Bijan Harabi. Very handsome fella, tall, dark, chiseled. He represents 
myself, Travis, Chandler, Mal, Saxon, Spencer. Oh, Alex. wow. Yeah. Yeah. The name, the name sounds, and I have horrible memory, not because I smoke weed. I just have a horrible memory. I think maybe it's from all the weed I used to smoke. I used to smoke a lot of weed, Noah. Yeah, I believe you. It's too much. Um, and so he has all of these people. And how did you meet him? He and I were fraternity brothers in college at the University of Miami. And we actually both started our careers together. He was graduating law school the same year that I qualified for the CrossFit Games for the first time. And he said he didn't want to go the traditional agency route. He wanted to do his own thing and asked if uh, he could represent me. And we both kind of have grown from there together. It's pretty cool. And you've been with him the whole time? Yep. Holy shit. It's, it's actually is a, you're really similar to Matt O'Keefe and Matt Fraser's, you know, start. Yeah, it is. I think we've been together the exact, like, I think Matt and I both started in 2014 and have been with our guys ever since. Were you his first athlete? Yep. Oh yeah. And Matt was Matt's first athlete. Yeah. I didn't realize this. There's a lot of parallels. Yeah. It's cool. And Matt and Bijan are both good friends and like bounce ideas and stuff off of each other and help grow the industry. Is your guy, is Bijan in Miami? He is. I'm going to Google him. I know when I see him, I'm going to be like, oh yeah, shit. I know that guy. Yeah, for sure. Spent many a night at the bar with him. <laughs> what there was a judge. You know, there was an athlete control guy there this weekend that kind of reminded me of Bijan. I don't know if oh, you yeah. saw him or not. Yeah. Uh, well, at Bijan first I thought it was there. him. He, he was there. I, it probably just was him. Was he working for the event? No, but he was there hanging out. Like, no, no, this was the guy who was wearing like one of those pink athlete control shirts. Uh, but I saw Bijan there, but I also saw this guy. And I, I was like, wait a minute, got it. No, I didn't know. What this. What is he? What ethnicity is he? Noah? he is Persian and Spanish. Oh, what a great name! What's his last name again? Haravi. H e r a v i. Now you're just showing off. <laughs> um, I've gone through all my. Nah, no, I haven't. But we're gonna let Noah go. Brian, do you want to tell him any, anything? Leave leave Noah on a on a high note. Listen, I want to Savan. I want to apologize for not engaging in all your humorous banter. I'm very tired, and I don't think I'm as witty as I usually am. So I apologize. Hey, dude, the 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 you owe no apology. The fact that you told us that story about your journey to the games, your journey to the semifinals. And some of the trials and tribulations and the and the string and I mean we covered all of my favorite subjects. Oh yeah, I gotta send you the photo. You told me one question I asked you couldn't answer. I mean, this is great. That means I'm doing my job. Wait, hold on. You guys stay here. I'm gonna send you the photo while we're on this so I can get your reaction to it. You just can't post it anywhere. Okay. I wanna find out his doctor's name and get that nude of him and then use it to uh What's that called when, like, you? I tell Noah, like, "Hey, I have a nude picture of you," Black and I read blackmail or ransom. Um, Brian, do you have anything you're going to leave him with that's going to make him like so stoked, like, like some stat or something that's going to make him chub? Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a stat. I'll give him a stat. I did this a little study a few weeks ago, and I looked at the regionals from 2012 to 18, and the men's podium finishers at the games from the same year. Uh, okay. 15 of them won their regional. And the other six all finished second, third, and one guy was fourth. It was Ben Smith the year that he won. So you've done well enough in this region, this semifinal, which is kind of like regionals, 
that you should be, I think, very confident in your abilities to challenge for all of the spots on the podium this summer. Nice, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. I am looking forward to that for sure. Excited to get healthy, get peaked and primed, and go out there and give it my best shot. First of all, that's an amazing photo of you. You look like a movie star. I don't know which one, but you look like a movie star. Um, <laughs> the face he's making is just priceless. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that just came out of me. Wait, so the part that's dang- is down was the part that's in you? Everything that I'm holding in my hand was inside of my body. So wait, so that loop on the bottom was so inside of you and that, that loop on top? It's a very, very flexible rubber. So that loop in the bottom, it was it's actually like flipped upside down. That bottom part was up in my kidney and the loop basically kept it from sliding out of my kidney. So that top, the bottom loop was up in the kidney. The tube goes all the way down. And then the loop that I'm holding up like by my ear was in my bladder. And the string that's attached to that was coming out of me. And there's nothing hanging on to the end of the string? No. To like stop it from going in the hole. They should do that. Couldn't you put like. There was some X. There was like a lot of excess and they tape it up to. Like your chode. If I may. Your what? Your aft. Chat. (laughs) That. I really appreciate you sending that. That is. That that is amazing. And. So are you. I don't mean to. um, I know your fiance, Joanna, is amazing. But I think. I think that you should have kept that. (laughs) Do you know what you could have done with it? You could have used that like to hang a plant like in your living room. Like one end goes on the hook and the other end goes on the plant. And only you and her would know. Pretty hilarious. (laughs) Even better if it would have been some mistletoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. You hang it from the Christmas tree. Hey, babe, kiss me under the mistletoe. (laughs) Hopefully there's never another one. But if there is, I'll keep it. Thank you. I'll mail it to you. Well, thank you very much. Um, if um, if there's any point during the games, I know it's going to be crazy, but if there's any time during the games you need to call me and do a podcast for counseling, you okay. just let me know. Because I would uh, love to get some numbers off you. I mean, be there to support you. You know, Travis asked Sevan to come to the games as his camera guy. He did? Yeah. That's yeah, cool that's concept. Yeah. Yeah, I half chubbed. That was, uh, I was like, no, fuck no. Like, I can't Come go. on. I know. I, I want to. Jason Hopper actually asked too, and then someone else asked too. But I don't I, I cannot reveal who. But oh, um, you, got, you, I, got, you got Yates already. I got Joe Yates, baby. I actually did put together a proposal to come there and do the behind the scenes. I just haven't sent it off I, because I, I just don't know. Just I'm don't scared. know. Yeah, scared. Okay. I'll welcome you with open arms. I'm just so happy in my little igloo here in Santa Cruz, California. I'm glad you're happy. Good to hear from you. And Brian, it was good to see you this weekend. Thanks, dude. Yep. Gentlemen, truly my pleasure. I'm off to bed. 